0: I, we're in this series called Pursuit that we started last week. And we looked last week at the thought of the pursuit of happiness. I shared last week that recently when I was on a trip to America, I was sitting on the plane and that statement came to my mind. Obviously, that statement came from something called the Declaration of Independence. I shared on that last week. But there was a moment that was actually 247 years ago when America decided it didn't want to be under the rule and reign or the covering of England anymore. And it wrote a Declaration of Independence. And a statement was made in that declaration that said, we have a right as people created by God who are where all people are equal, to three things they specifically named. Life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. So I just took some time last week to set the stage, not preaching against the declaration of independence made by America, but rather comparing it to that moment in the Garden of Eden, where Adam and all of humanity in Adam really did give a declaration of independence to God, when it ate of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil and turned its back, turned our backs, on the tree of life. In the Garden of Eden, Adam and Eve had been created to find true happiness, true liberty and true life in all that God had provided for them. But when the devil came, and we read about this in the opening of Genesis, and deceived them that God was holding out on them, they were conned, they were deceived to think that there was a happiness, a life and a liberty that could be found outside of God when there really wasn't. It was a lie, a deception to pull them away from what God had designed for them to know. Now for us who have received Christ we've actually done a reverse manoeuvre and turned from the other tree back to God and the tree of life and in our hearts We should be saying, God, I don't want to find happiness that fulfills me in other things, but rather firstly in you. So we spoke about the pursuit of happiness last week, how actually believers and non-believers still try to pursue happiness that God can give from other things that can't give them. And we need to understand that we're not called to do that. But if we have relationship with God, restored relationship with God through all that Christ has done, then there is no happiness that's better than that which we find in God. Now today I want to carry on and I want to speak about the second pursuit, the pursuit of liberty. Remember we're doing these in reverse order. In the Declaration of Independence, it said that every person's created equal and has a right a God-given right to life, liberty, and pursuit of happiness. I want to look today at the pursuit of liberty, and then next week, finish off by looking at the pursuit of life. So what is liberty? Now, according to the dictionary, liberty is freedom. So we could say that what we crave, or what we pursue in life, is a desire for happiness, for life, but also freedom. We want to know freedom in the best way that we can know it. Another word for liberty is the state of being free, the condition of being a free person. Like I said, there's many things like happiness that claim to be able to provide liberty and freedom. But actually, at the end of the road, often we find they don't provide liberty and freedom, in fact often they provide more captivity than what we had before just like happiness the broken systems of this life can offer us freedom and liberty found in different things and different decisions we're encouraged to make but there is no freedom and liberty like that which is found in god alone you see Liberty is not a statue in a harbour. It's a cross on a hill. I was in America last week and one of the places I visited was New York. And obviously New York is famous for a number of landmarks, the key one probably being the statue in the harbour that's called the Statue of Liberty. And it really is a statue that celebrates liberty in a natural way, for people looking for a land where they could be free, where they could follow the American dream, where they could have opportunity. But when we think about true liberty, true freedom, we can't be found staring at a monument made by man, no matter how noble it may be. But rather we need to be found kneeling at a cross, where 2000 years ago, the Son of God died to provide true freedom and true liberty to everyone who would come to him. You see, the gospel of Jesus Christ, that word gospel simply means good news. The good news of Jesus for each and every one of us is in fact the good news of freedom. Not man-made freedom that lasts for a moment, for a season, for a certain era, Not momentary freedom, where we experience a freedom that lasts for a moment in time, but rather a freedom that's complete, a freedom that's never-ending, a liberty that can't be found on this earth, but can be found in a relationship with Jesus Christ. So the good news, the gospel, is a message of a freedom true freedom, that comes from God to us. The message of the cross and of the Holy Spirit is where we find the freedom that we actually crave deep within ourselves. Because every person has this desire within them, number one, for happiness, but also for true freedom. But like with happiness, we go drinking from broken cisterns go on a pursuit to find it in other places and are left disappointed. It's the same with freedom. If you want to know true freedom, it's found in the message of the cross and the forgiving of the Holy Spirit. Now, the freedom that God offers us, the liberty that God offers us, that every person created in the image of God truly deserves is a freedom from the old and a freedom for the new. Let's look for a couple of moments at the freedom from the old. You see, when we speak about the cross, where Jesus died 2,000 years ago, we understand that when Jesus died on the cross, he died not alone, but we were actually in his death as well. Now I'm speaking about a subject that could be called co-crucifixion. And it's important that we understand co-crucifixion because it's the understanding of co-crucifixion that gives us a liberty and a freedom from the sins that once bound us, the sins that once condemned us, and the old man that used to keep us down. When we understand that we died in Christ on that cross 2,000 years ago, we find in that revelation, in that truth, a freedom that's beyond any freedom this world can offer. So, what do we mean, co crucified? Simply that, that Jesus Christ died on a cross 2,000 years ago for us, but also as us. When he died 2,000 years ago on that cross, I was in him and you were in him too. Now when does this come into effect? The moment we believe. Obviously when Jesus died 2,000 years ago, he died once for all man, for all sin, for all time. Yet a person only experiences the freedom of being co-crucified with Christ, the moment they choose to believe in Christ. The moment we accept him as Lord and Saviour, that's the very moment when the old us is present on the cross in him to provide us with a separation and a death from the sins that made us guilty, the sins that bound us, and the old man, or the old creation, that holds us back from living the life that God wants us to live. I've thought about these things for many years now, been preaching for around 30 years, and I've always had the image of Jesus on the cross. That moment, that moment of passion where he gave his life for us, his substitutional sacrifice, where he went to the cross for our sins. But do we understand as we should? But he also took the sinner that we were to the cross as well. The old man, the old self-life of who we were. It's important that we understand these things, otherwise we won't walk in the freedom that he paid for us to know. I was in a church service a few weeks ago, about three weeks ago, And I was worshipping the Lord and something strange happened. I had to stop for a moment to check, is this okay? As I was worshipping, I saw that image of Jesus on the cross being crucified for the sin of the world. And in a moment, as I was worshipping, it flashed to me on the cross and then back to him, then back to me. I know that may sound like it's heresy, but it's really not when we understand Galatians 2 and Romans 6. And I stopped in that moment of worship and I said, thank you, Jesus, that when you died 2,000 years ago, my old man died in you. I don't have to carry him around anymore because you finalized the man I was born in the natural Adam by the death of the last Adam. It's powerful, isn't it? Maybe you're saying, well, I'm not sure about that. Well, you need to be sure about that. And Galatians and Romans teaches this very clearly. Remember, our subject today is freedom and liberty that comes from the knowledge that you were crucified in Christ. Let me read you now Galatians 2.20. This is one of my favourite verses. Now listen to Paul. He starts in verse 19. For through the law I died to the law so that I might live to God. Then he says this in verse 20. I have been have been is past tense, it's not present, it's not future. I have been crucified with Christ, with Christ. I have been co-crucified with Christ. It is no longer I, my old self-life, the old creation, the person I used to be who lives, but Christ who now lives in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live in the Son of God. I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself up for me and as me. Now let's turn to Romans 6, because again it speaks concerning the old man that we used to be, the old creation, and how God gave us a freedom and a liberty from that former existence of who we were through faith in the cross says this in verse 6 of chapter 6 of Romans, knowing this, it's vitally important that we know this, that our old self, our old man, was crucified. Again, past tense. Past tense, we enter into it by faith, and it becomes now reality. Knowing this, that our old man was crucified with him, with him, in order that our body of sin might be done away with. So that we would no longer be in slavery to sin, for he who has died has been freed from sin. So true freedom, freedom from sin, freedom from the old man that you were, the old woman that you were, freedom from the sin that disqualified you in the sight of God, freedom from sin that has gripped your life for far too long, is found in a revelation of the cross. We understand that two powerful things are in the message of the cross, the blood of Jesus and the cross of Jesus. The blood of Jesus is the blood that's the payment for all sin. But the cross is what provides for death of the sinner. You see, God didn't want to deal with the fruit. He wanted to kill the root. He didn't want to deal with the produce. He wanted to shut the factory down. So when we preach the message of the cross, we're preaching a message of freedom and liberty because the blood of Jesus that was shed on the cross was full payment for sin for all man for all time. Yet when we identify with the cross and see our old man crucified in Christ, we then experience freedom from the old man we once were to be the new person he's created us to be. So we find true freedom and true liberty in co crucifixion, understanding that when Jesus died, we died in him. When Jesus was buried, we were buried in him. When Jesus rose to newness of life, we rose also. To newness of life, so that we could live as new creations, not when we die one day physically and go to heaven, but right here, right now. All of these things are for us to enjoy, to walk in the good of. All we need to do is place faith in what Jesus achieved for us and as us at the cross. But also, it's a message of freedom for our future, that's found in another word, a word called incarnation. Because the plan of God, the message of the gospel, involved our death, but the death was provided so we would experience resurrection. Remember what I said from the book of Romans earlier, chapter 6 we died in him, we were buried in him, and we have risen with him to newness of life. So we were present in him in his death and that's how we died to become free but also we have now received his resurrection life. On the cross we died in him, in his resurrection he placed in us his resurrection life, his spirit, so that our lives could walk in new freedom. I love the way that this is put in 2nd Corinthians chapter 3 verse 17 when it says now the Lord is spirit and where the spirit of the Lord is there is freedom stop and think about that for a moment the Lord is now spirit it's what the Bible says now the Lord is spirit and where the spirit of the Lord is there is freedom so when we understand the cross we find freedom from our past freedom from our old creation life but when we acknowledge the giving of the holy spirit and the resurrection life of christ we experience the spirit of god now incarnate in our lives that brings freedom to our lives from the inside out isn't that wonderful you see when people don't know god their pursuit of freedom their pursuit of liberty involves them trying to get things on the outside of them to bring freedom to the things within them but when you find freedom and liberty in the message of the cross and the giving of the holy spirit suddenly God places in you his spirit. Where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. Now, as with happiness, there's a false and a counterfeit freedom that's available. People try to offer freedom in causes. Now, maybe... The cause isn't wrong. I'm not saying that every cause is wrong. But you'll only discover a human ability of freedom, of liberty, in things that are instituted or originated by humans. Spiritual liberty has to come from a spiritual God who puts his spirit in us and freedom breaks through us. So there's other freedoms and liberties that this life that we live in, this world that we live in, desperately offers us, like with happiness. Some of them are not wrong, they're just not as good as. Certain causes are absolutely amazing especially causes that bring equality to people's lives, causes that remove things that stop people enjoying life like God caused them to, or walking in equality, which God designed for us to know. Those causes are wonderful, but no cause or no freedom is as good as the freedom that comes from being filled with God's Spirit. There's other things that people pursue freedom and liberty in that are not good. Different ways of living. Oh, do this and you'll be free. Do this and you'll walk in liberty. Oh, if you want to be free, you just need to do this. Believe what we're saying. And sadly, a lot of those offers of freedom don't bring people into freedom. They often bring them into captivity or greater captivity. No, there's other freedoms available, which are good but none are as good as God's. There's other freedoms that are available that are not good. Listen, we need to turn our back on them and come back to the freedom that comes from a relationship with God alone. So liberty, true liberty, is found in one place, in Christ alone. True liberty, freedom that causes us to be free and free indeed, isn't found at the base of any man-made monument or man-made moment. It's found at the foot of the cross of Jesus Christ. When you understand the message of Galatians 2 and Romans 6, God doesn't want you spending your life trying to patch up an old you. You see, there's many Gospels around today that And not good Gospels, because all they offer is behaviour modification. I've heard Gospels preached where people used the Bible, but didn't speak of an old life removed and a new life born, but rather how to be the best you, how to fix you. What if God's plan was never to make a better you or to fix a broken you? but to give you a brand new you. That's why he provides us death at a cross and resurrection in an upper room. I don't want to settle for lesser freedom. I don't want to settle for lesser liberty. I don't want to make my pursuit of liberty based on things that I can get here and now. Rather, I want to make my pursuit of liberty, and I want to encourage you today to make your pursuit of freedom and liberty, a pursuit that sets its gaze on Jesus Christ, a pursuit that understands the power of the cross to set a person free from everything old that they shouldn't know, and raise them to a condition of new living, where God is no longer on the outside of them, but he's placed his spirit now within us. That's true liberty. Hey, join me next week when we come back and we speak about the pursuit of life. Just like with happiness, just like with liberty. How many people are in pursuit of life? I want to know what true life is. Yeah, actually, the answer to their pursuit is the same as the last two. Happiness, liberty and life are found in him alone. God bless.